Hi, I'm George Tekmachov. Today on the Easton Target Archery Podcast, we hear from legendary compound archer Jesse Broadwater for his secrets for compound tuning. Jesse Broadwater, you're obviously, as a legendary shooter, over the years, you've become somebody with a great reputation for having both the male side and the technical side of our sport dialed in. Talk to us about start to finish, what do you do when you get a bow out of a box, compound bow? How do you start? Well, it's it's not as complicated as what a lot of people think. And like now with there being so much information at everyone's fingertips, you know, they're getting different information here, different information there. I try to keep it as simple as possible. And I base everything around how a bow groups, like how it groups and how forgiving is it. I don't care what I have to do to the bow to get it to tune. You know, if I got to shim a cam, if I got to lean the cam, if I got to run my center shot inside of where it's supposed to be, or, you know, none of that stuff bothers me. It used to, like I, I wanted to always have my bows, you know, everything right down the middle. And I didn't like a lot of cam lean and this and that, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> none of that really matters. It just matters where your arrows are impacting and is it forgiving and is it predictable? So I base a lot of my stuff around just group tuning. Um, so I'll, I'll get a good initial setup, you know, I'll, and honestly, I just eyeball stuff, you know, for it to get the initial setup. I'll eyeball my knocking point. Um, now there is a couple things that I do take a little closer measurements on, like my loop position on the string, um, you know, with the Invicta bows and some of the newer Hoyts, um, there's a place where I like to be on the string that gives me the kind of the hold that I'm looking for. So I run my knocking point. I'll start off at 90 degrees and I run the bottom of my arrow through the center of the rest mount holes. Um, so once I got that established, I'll just eyeball my center shot, kind of, you know, eyeball up and down the riser, get my center shot pretty close. Um, throw on a, you know, general stabilizer setup that I'm used to. And I know kind of after shooting for years, kind of where I'm going to be 30 inch rod out the front, 15 out the back, you know seven or eight ounces on the front, maybe 12 to 15 on the back. Um, get all that set and then um, go ahead and, you know, make sure the draw length's right. Make sure the bow fits you right, you know, first of all, before you go tune in or try to group tune or anything. Um, and then I'll just, I'll shoot one through paper sometimes, not not all the time. Um, and I'm not looking for a perfect bullet hole, but I'll just kind of get it close, make sure it's not, you know, doing anything real funky, like a three inch low right tear or something like that. And then I literally, um, if we're in outdoor season, I'll walk to 90 or 100 yards and just stand there and group tune. And uh, <clears throat> what I'm looking for and what I'm adjusting when I'm group tuning is basically just moving the rest around uh, minute amounts. Um, and, you know, you got to do it on a day to where it's not windy. Do it at a distance where you're comfortable with and you, you know generally what you can shoot at that distance on a non-windy day. Um, so I know like at 100 yards what my groups, you know, what I'm capable of. And so I base everything off of that. And if I get 200 yards and I start shooting groups and they're, you know, I'm just not hitting behind a pin and it's not predictable. And, you know, I'm not, I don't break perfect shots all the time, but you should be able to call your shot. You know, if you break one and, you know, it feels like it's six o'clock, you know, you should be able to call it. Yeah, it's probably two inches low at six o'clock. Well, if it goes high seven inches at one o'clock, you know, and you're constantly can't call your arrows and it's unpredictable, then you don't have it. That, that's what I call unforgiving setup. Um, so at that point, if I have that going on, I'll just go ahead and move my rest. I'll just pick a direction, you know, rather it be working off the vertical axis or the horizontal axis, I'll pick a direction, you know, move my rest, say a 16th of an inch 
and you know, reslate in and, re and reshoot it. Um, and you'll find, you know, once you move the axis of the rest around, the X and Y axis, you'll find a sweet spot to where everything just kind of comes together. Your groups will get better. Um, it'll be more predictable and more forgiving. Um, <clears throat> now, there is a certain, you know, you still have to take arrow spine into consideration. You know, arrow length, your, your fletching, your offset, uh, your point weight, all of that. Like, you can't just go to 100 yards with a, you know, 22-13 with 4-inch veins and, you know, expect to, to shoot you know three inch groups or something so you have to you know kind of base your error selection off the eastern charts um but even i am kind of on the weaker side of where most people think i should be like i run a i shoot 60 pounds at 28 and a half inch draw and i run a 520 spine with 140 grain point in my pro tours which you know a lot of people would would say that's pretty weak but i've found that that's they group better for me at distance and they're more forgiving than say uh a 470 or 420 spine so that's that's basically what i do outdoors is just you know get to a distance group tune move the rest around sometimes i'll, I'll work with a little bit of poundage or tiller to kind of fine tune the loop position or poundage um you know then a little bit of stabilizer set up you know fine tune that for the hold and then indoors all i do it's the same thing but i'm just doing it at 20 yards so i'll shoot it usually takes me a little longer indoors because it's it's not as critical at 20 yards so i really have to shoot more rounds and kind of see what my average is on a vegas target you know if i shoot a week long of you know 28x average then maybe i'll make a tweak shoot another week you know over a week span you know see if my average goes up or down see if i made a positive change or not um, but that's basically all i do <clears throat> and then after i establish a good forgiving uh, predictable setup then i will you know at that point run a bear shaft through it only to check just where my tune is so i can basically make a note of that in case something comes out of tune you know say if i get the bow tuned at, at 20 yards and i shoot my my bear shaft through there and it hits uh an inch low of dead center at six o'clock um that's then i know that's where my tune is that's where my tune needs to be if something ever changes and you know i feel like the bow's not shooting right i'll run the bear shaft through it again and if it's not hitting in that same spot at six o'clock, I'll move stuff around to get it back to where it's hitting that same spot. Um, so that's basically all I do. It sounds pretty unscientific, which it, it kind of is, but like I say, over the years, I've learned that that's, I've learned what to kind of worry about and what not to worry about and what to stress about and what not. And that's just, um, it's just one of those things that I, I feel like if you spend too much time on, actually working on the bow and tweaking on it trying to get it how you think it should be rather than actually getting out there and shooting it and seeing where the arrows land because that's what matters in the end you know what's on the scorecard and where your arrows are impacting um so that's that's what i that's all i worry about now so that's that's basically the simplified long-winded version of what i do knock fit and its role in tune what happens with knock fit as far as you're concerned yeah, so knock fit. Uh, I do have a theory on that. I do like my knock fit a little bit on the looser side. So say if I'm running, uh, say on my Pro Tours, uh, the Easton pin knock, the large groove uh, pin, the G pin, I like my serving, the center serving to be 107 thousandths. Um, that, that, if you have 107 thousandths with the G pin, you can knock it on, you can move it up and down very freely. You can even rock it side to side a little bit. You know, you turn the bow to where the air is pointing straight down, just give the string a little pluck and it's gonna come off pretty easy. 
Um, so that is one thing that I do feel adds to forgiveness for me is I kind of err on the looser side of an outfit rather than the tighter side. Tight enough so that you're secure when you have to let down. Correct. Yes. Yeah, the arrow still stays on when I let down, you know, so yeah. Blade angle and blade tension, the relationship between the two. So that's another thing that if I can't, when I'm group tuning, if I can't get it how I want it, um, you know, I may run into changing blades. Generally with a Pro Tour, with the weight that I shoot and everything, I'm gonna be an 8,000th blade. Um, the rest that I shoot uh, makes two different lengths, 8,000th blades. So I really have never found where I need anything stiffer than an eight, but I will play with, um, you know, different length 8,000th blades and then sometimes with the angle a little bit. Um, obviously when you lay the rest down flatter, it's gonna make it act like it's a little bit softer. Um, and I do kind of have a theory. There's kind of been a theory out there to where if you're getting any kind of vein contact or whatever, you know, with the smaller arrows, it's hard to get on some setups, complete 100% um, vein clearance off of a blade rest. Um, but if there's a theory out there to where if you have a softer blade or you ha if you have the blade laid down a little bit farther, that that blade or that uh, vein contact doesn't matter as much because it's it's kind of more absorbed and, and not going to affect the arrow coming off the rest as much if it if it does happen to to contact it so so that is another thing that i will kind of play with if i can't get it out i guess i've just been accustomed to like the the rest that i shoot is kind of designed to where when you have everything like 90 degrees and true and plumb it's at the angle that i've shot over you know for years and years so i generally don't mess with that too much unless you know, like I say, it's a rare occasion if I have to play with the blade angle um, to get get it to group two. We'll be back with another podcast next week. We'll be getting Steve Anderson in for a discussion of compound arrow selection. So I hope you'll join us for that one. See you soon.